You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Kamanzi Constable. And he's the author of four books that have sold over 150,000 copies. He's a writer for 14 large publications and magazines, and he's a corporate digital marketing consultant that travels to 15 countries a year for gigs at multinational corporations. We met a couple years ago. We had just had an opportunity to catch up really quick. So welcome to the show, Kamanzi. Hey, Dennis. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And it seems like both of us have been very busy since the last time we talked. Yes, you have. You've been very busy. I'm I'm really excited because just to kind of give a little bit of a teaser here for the audience, we're going to talk about you know your three-part strategy for how to book high-end corporate consulting clients, right? We're not talking about $100 an hour. We're not talking about a few thousand dollar consulting gig. We're talking about you know, high five and six figure type consulting gigs. And I'm really excited because this is something we've never talked about today. And I know this is where you live. This is what you've been doing for years now. So before we dive into that, give them a quick backstory, give the audience a little bit of a backstory, take a minute or two, tell them kind of how you got here. And I'm eager to dig in. Yeah. So I started a traditional online business selling courses, coaching books, digital information products in about 2011. And I built that business from 2011 to about 2014. It was started at five grand a month, got to multiple six figures. And I was doing pretty much what you see everybody else doing. I had the 197, the free plus shipping books, the yada, yada, yada. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And in 2014, I just kind of felt like the space was getting crowded. I felt like a lot of people were talking about a lot of the same things, doing it in the same way. And I'm like, there's got to be a different way to do this. So when I sat back and I thought about what would be a good market, and I thought, why wouldn't it be companies? Companies need to know this, the things that we know online, but I know for a fact that they don't move as fast as we move. So when I just sat back and did a simple search of some companies within the geographic region of where I was, and I wanted to look at how they were doing with digital marketing, and surprise, surprise, and you probably already realized this, their online presence sucked. Like It was just terrible. And so I thought, hmm. If we teach this online and people are paying for this, why wouldn't a company pay for this if it was positioned in the right way? So I tested this. I went to those three companies and I said, look, your online presence can use some more. You could be reaching double the amount of people that you're reaching if you could clean this up. And I said, hey, why don't you come in for a strategy? I'd come in for a strategy session, 1500 bucks, and I'd give you the strategy. All three said yes, like without even blinking. And I'm like, well, I underpriced it. So, so lesson, <laughs> live and learn. right? Right, you live and learn. But it was good because I got in there and it got my feet wet. It showed me that this was possible. I validated the idea. I got some really good references from that experience, and I hit the ground running. 
And so from 2014, and then in between there, Dennis and I met and we established a friendship until now in 2019, depending on when you're listening to this, I took the leap from those small local companies to building, to building out a full digital marketing agency to now my wife and I, who co-own the agency, we travel to about 15 countries a year for consulting gigs at places like Morgan Stanley and Unilever and Johnson and Johnson and Naspers and some of the largest companies in the world where we do go in and we teach them digital marketing strategy. But that's the journey of how I got here. Wow. And I know that writing was a big part of that. Like you've written for some really large publications. Share share with the audience some of the publications you've written for because they're too vast for me to even remember. I know they're really, really popular publications. Talk to us about a few of those. Absolutely. In building the online business, we turn to large publications as a way to generate leads and get more exposure. So you can see my articles in places like Entrepreneur Success, Business Insider, Forbes, Fox, Time Magazine, like almost any publication you can name I have been in. It's 41 at this point. I've even had an article published in the print edition of Entrepreneur Magazine that's on newsstands all over the world. And so like, I remember coming back from a trip from, we came back from a trip from Asia. We were doing a gig out there and we came back. And I remember being in the airport and going into the Hudson News and it was on the newsstand. So I opened it up. It's my article, my picture. And I'm looking at this and the guy next to me is like, hey, that's you. Because they could saw the picture. I'm like, yeah, that is me. It's like, hey, you're a celebrity. Let me take a picture with you. And it it drew a crowd. And I thought it was just kind of cool to have that experience. But you're right. Those publications, those logos, those names not only helped us get more credibility and positioning, but also gives gave us organic exposure to decision makers because that's who read Inc. and Entrepreneur and all these publications. Does that still have a big impact on your business? All of that legwork you did in writing for all those major publications? Does it still have a significant impact with what you're doing now? Oh my goodness. Large publications has had a huge impact in what our business does now because it's given us exposure to the corporate decision makers every week or month when they read those articles. All they have to do is just click back to our platforms or send an email and reach out. And then from there, it starts the conversation. So it's brought, I would say at this point in the last I don't know, four years or so, it's probably about 30 organic consulting opportunities our way. And probably out of those 30, maybe 15 of them actually turned into deals. So it's done that. It's grown our email list. It's given us exposure in all the right places. And practically, some of the places pay for content. So we have our team members now that create the articles in the spirit of transparency, and they create the articles for us and generates revenue for the agency. Love it. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, Thank you for catching up. I know that you're a guy who's done a lot of writing and this consult. You've kind of navigated this converting from small business owners into more larger corporate clients, clients that are doing 50, 100 million, 200 million or more in sales. And so what I want you to do today, and I think would have huge, huge impact and value for the audience is I want you to unpack your strategy for how you get these high-end corporate consulting clients. So if you could kind of Pull that apart for us, dissect that. That would be fantastic. I think the audience is ready to go. Absolutely. So the first thing to understand is that you can do it (laughs) because the objections are already coming up, Dennis, in somebody's mind. They're like, well, I don't know if I could go into corporations and teach them. Or I hear like, oh, they have somebody on staff that could do it. They don't really need what I teach. Let's break those objections right now. 
They might have somebody on staff, but that person is does not have the perspective that you do. That's why companies hire consultants. They want an outside and they want a fresh perspective. And they understand the value in expertise. So they bring in consultants no matter who they have on staff. So let's get that out of the way. Once you get the objection out of the way, then it's pure strategy. The first thing I would tell you is foundation. And by that, what I mean is your website, what you're sending to your email list, and maybe even your social media presence. So we'll get through social media presence quickly because what they're going to look for is liability. Corporations always thinking about liability. So they're going to go through your social media platforms and make sure that you're not posting anything that's like racist, offensive, or sexist, or even highly political. (laughs) That's the one that gets a lot of people in trouble. You know, you get into politics and you're going on rants and this and that and arguing people on your page. That could be perceived as liability for a corporation because at the end of the day, They don't want to do anything that's going to get them in the news or get them sued. So that's the first thing. They're going to look at your platforms. Then they're going to go to your website. And the biggest thing that I see, Dennis, the biggest change is entrepreneurs have a website that says, I help entrepreneurs scale their business. I help entrepreneurs make six or seven figures. I help entrepreneurs be more productive and get more clients. A corporation is going to see that and say, six or seven figures. We made that like in the last hour. Like, what's up? Or they'll say, oh, this person only works with the B2C. They only work with individual entrepreneurs. Your platform has to speak to both groups if that's what you're going to do. So if you help, say you help entrepreneurs scale their business, then you could brand yourself as a growth strategist. I'm a growth strategist that helps entrepreneurs and organizations put in the operational efficiency improvements that grows their company. That way you're speaking to both groups and you're speaking to the corporate pain point and the pain point in individual entrepreneur. So the very first part of this process is going through your platform, making sure that it does speak to more than just individual entrepreneurs, and that you do hit on some corporate pain points. If you don't understand what corporate pain points are, you can just simply go on Google and Google pain points in corporate digital marketing, pain points in corporate wellness. And I promise you somebody has put a list together of the pain points. And that could steer you in the right direction of creating copy that actually speaks to a corporation. So that's one is foundation. No, I love that. I love the fact that you recognized that, you know, smaller or lower end consulting coaching type businesses or training businesses, you know, they have a tendency to work with small businesses, right? They like to work with people that are similar to them, right? Because they can relate to them and, you know, and they speak that language. But unfortunately, they're not speaking the language of a large corporate client, like you just said. And so I think when you, that tip of identifying the pain points for a corporate client, while there might be some overlap to a small business, there definitely will be some differences, right? Definitely. And not only should your website identify that, but also the content that you're putting out, whether that be blog posts, whether that be podcasts, whether that be social media posts, right? I mean, whether you're writing an article for a major publication like you do, I mean, the pain points are a little different. So integrating that into your content marketing would obviously have an impact, right? Absolutely have an impact. And you're going to get more legs out of your content if you do it that way. The best example I could think of of this is somebody like a Gary Vaynerchuk. Most of us probably know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. He's this big personality, but he also runs and operates VaynerMedia, this you know $800 million media company or $100 million media company. So he has both of those and they work in sync. So there is a way to balance it and do it. But Dennis is spot on. Your content also has to speak to those pain points. It also has to feel like it's bigger than just you working as like a coach. Gotcha. Okay. So you have to, you got to clean up the platform. You got to make sure that you're speaking the right language for corporate clients. That's step number one. Let's talk about step step number two. 
Step number two is finding the right opportunity. So we're going to make a big assumption that you've cleaned up your platform. You're ready to go. You're like, less, let's, I'm ready to do this. Get these deals. Then it's finding the opportunities. The very first thing that I would tell you is you're not probably going to start with Nike if you're just starting out in consulting. All of us would love to book that, you know, six or seven figure deal with Nike and or our large organization like that, but you need to build up the credibility and the social proof. So where we're going to tell you to start is with privately held companies. So these are not fortune companies. These are not companies where they're going to go through a board of directors to make a decision and go through a procurement process. These are companies that are owned by an individual owner or a family, something to that effect, where there is one decision maker at the top that you could pitch and you could get a decision on the spot if they wanted to make that decision. They don't have to go to anybody else to make that buying decision. Now, you can find these types of companies and don't be misconceived about what this means. When I say privately held, somebody might be thinking of like their local you know, grocery store or whatever. They're thinking of some really small like dinky operation. There are privately held companies. When we did the pre-talk here before we got on here, Dennis was telling me about an opportunity with a company that's doing $100 million. There's a company here in Wisconsin that is a grocery chain. It's called Woodman's. They do $2 billion a year and they have 2,200 employees. Now, with a company that does $2 billion a year and 2,200 employees, I could consult on anything. I could help them with their digital marketing. I could help them with personal development. I could help them with wellness. Because they make enough revenue and they have a big enough workforce to cover all sorts of topics. So when we say privately held, we're not talking about dinky. <laughs> we're talking about companies where you don't have to go through a big process. And these are a good starting point. So the question somebody's probably thinking about is like, what do these look like? How do I find them? You can find these by Inc. Inc. has a 5,000 list. If you went to Inc.'s website on their menu bar, the 5,000 list, they have a Europe list and a US list. These are the fastest growing privately held companies in Europe and the United States. And these are companies in the range of 20 to about $500 million, which would be a great target. If you're going to target privately held companies, don't go below 20 million because they might run into some issues with budget and them uh, wanting to pay you. So I would say 20 million and above all the way up to 500 million. You can find a 5,000 of those on the ink list in Europe or US, depending on where you're listening to this. So, and then another way that we also like teach to do this is by going after companies that are trying to hire for an employee position. So you can go on Indeed, on Indeed, on Monster, some of the job sites, and you could type in your topic. So if it's digital marketing or leadership development, you type that in the bar, you're going to get a lot of companies that are hiring for an employee position for that. You see somebody, a company is trying to hire for a digital marketing position or whatever your topic is, and you understand that they have the need. They understand that they have the need. That's probably the biggest thing to understand. It's one thing for you to know that they have a need. It's another thing for them to acknowledge it. Because if they haven't acknowledged it, then it's a hard sell. All of us have probably experienced somebody that we know that needs what we offer, but then we're trying to sell them on it and it creates a longer process. Well, if you look for these companies that are hiring, they're already convinced of the need. Now, what these companies tend to do a lot is because these are, they're going to want an employee, but it takes a while to find the right employee. So they will hire a consultant to bridge the gap. And that's your approach. I can bridge the gap while you're trying to hire the employee. I can train your team. I can give them what they're looking for. Companies do this all day long where they bring in a consultant to bridge that gap and they pay them incredibly well because they have the budget for this. So that is a simple two-to-one. And you could even go to a job site 
like Indeed or Monster or whatever, and just simply type in the word consultant, and you would find organizations that want to hire consultants. I'll tell you one that I saw the other day. For those of you that do leadership development or you do things related to HR, Google is trying to hire a people consultant. They have a full team that handles HR issues. As you know, it's a big company, right? They have people that do that, but they want a consultant to come in and assess how they're doing and what they're doing because they've had a lot of team building issues. If you're a consultant that works with team, does leadership development, builds company culture, that's what you should be pitching. You should be pitching Google because they understand the need and they're a progressive company. So just by the ink list, just by looking at some of the job boards, you'll find these privately held companies and you can put a killer pitch together that could get you booked as soon as this week. And Dennis, I'll tell you, like people are wondering, well, how long does this take? We've seen people book gigs in three days after sending out a pitch and get the money in their account. Wow. So I love those two strategies you just talked about. The Inc. 5000, I have long regarded that as a goldmine, right? For business opportunity, right? Especially when you're a consultant, coach, or if you're selling some sort of a B2B service, right? And, you know, I was fortunate to be a part of the Inc. 500 with my old company for seven years. So it holds a place that's near and dear to my heart. But I think that's a great, great idea for people that are looking to get started in this because, again, you've got a lot of high growth companies. They're going through a huge growth curve, which means they have challenges and issues that they've never faced before, and they definitely need in or outside help. I can tell you myself, I hired plenty of consultants when I was going through that process. And so I agree with you 100%. And then the second one, that little tip you gave about Indeed, that's a no-brainer, right? I mean, if they're trying to hire for that position, whatever that position is, they've already identified the problem. They've already identified they have a need there. And for you to become a stopgap is probably a pretty easy sell. Like you said, the budget's there. The need is there. Now you just have to make sure you followed a couple of these other steps to make sure you clean up your platform, you're speaking the right language. And of course, you know the work that you've done before that to build your credibility, that always comes into play as well. So I love step number one and step number two. Let's talk about step number three. So step number three is outreach. And in outreach, one, you're going to find who the decision maker is. So let's say you found a privately held company and that was a really good target. Then you're looking at the structure. It's probably going to be a person that owns it that calls himself a president. But you look at, and one simple way that you could find out who you want to pitch is by taking that company's name and going to LinkedIn, which I know Dennis is a big fan of, (laughs) going to LinkedIn, putting the company's name in the LinkedIn search bar. And when it pulls up the organization on the left-hand side, it's going to say people. You hit the people button and you're going to see what each of the roles are for the person that they do at that company. And you're going to see the president, you're going to see the owner, you're going to see all of them and boom, there you got the person that you'd pitch. When it's privately held, it's like the owner or the owner group. That's who you're pitching. If this was like a company like Google, for example, because we did bring up that example, you're looking at the director of HR. And again, that information you can find on LinkedIn or with a simple Google search. But let's stay on LinkedIn. So let's say you found that privately held company, you found out who the decision maker is, you clicked on their LinkedIn profile. You can then take the URL of their LinkedIn profile and put it in a software called RocketReach, rocketreach.co. They give you a free number of searches. I think it's like 10 or so free searches where you put in the LinkedIn URL of that person into RocketReach and they will pop out all the email addresses that that person has online. And you will have then have the email address, which is half the battle. So you have their email address, you know who you want to contact. Then it's a matter of putting a pitch together. 
Well, in this pitch, you want to do a number of things. One, you want to address the decision maker. Two, you want to do a little bit of research on the company. That first paragraph should be things that they're doing right. So you go to their site, you go to their about page, you go to any news about them and say, hey, congratulations on winning this award. Congratulations on the new division that you added to your company. You're showing them that you've actually done your research. What a lot of people do wrong, Dennis, is they make it them focused. Like, I see that you have a need for a people consultant. I'd be great. I'm this big shot, yada, yada, yada. And it's just very them focused. And nobody, they're not going to care about you or what you've done. What they want to know is what's in it for them. So in that circumstance, start the pitch with what they're doing right, showing them you've done some research. Then hit on who you are in your social proof and name drop as much as possible. What we see people do wrong is they'll say something like, I've helped thousands of people and I've coached a lot of people. And it's just like very general name drop. Who have you coached? Where have you worked? Where have you consulted? What kind of degrees do you have or certifications? Even if you just got like a, you took copy bloggers, digital marketing course, you wouldn't want to list that. Anything, social proof is anything that shows your expertise and not everybody in the world has to get it. Just the person that you're pitching has to get it. So name drop as much as you can. Then talk about the topic. Whatever your topic is, show them through some stats. And again, you can get these online. Say, look, leadership development helps a company's bottom line. This study by HBR shows that 70% of organizations fail if they don't have the proper leadership. And just give them a couple stats to back up what you're saying. And at the end of that pitch, you can give them a little tip in regards to your topic. So let's say you did wellness. You could give them a corporate wellness tip like, hey, start a corporate wellness newsletter where you give people wellness tips and your employees wellness tips that they could use. Or let's say you did digital marketing like, hey, I noticed that you don't have an opt-in on your main page. Email list and opt-in is a great way to get potential future customers. So you can give them a little tip there at the end that they use and say, hey, I love just a couple minutes of your time to hop on a call and talk about leadership development, talk about digital marketing, whatever your topic is. At the end, you're not trying to sell to them because this is code and they don't know you. So instead, what you're inviting them to is a discovery call where you can hear more about the needs and propose a solution based off of what they tell you is their perceived needs. And once you've done the research, you've put a pitch together that shows you've done the research on them, that you are an expert, you've given them some value. It's not a hard sell to get them on that discovery call. And then when you get that on discovery call, then you can move forward and actually sell to them. Wow. There was a lot to unpack there, but let me see if I caught it all <laughs> because you were going a mile a minute. So the first part of this outreach was you know, find them on LinkedIn and maybe connect with them, start engaging with some of their content, start pinging them and letting them know that you exist, right? You know, you're not going to give them the full court press. You're not going to beat them over the head with your pitch. It's not time to become Alec Baldwin from, you know, from Glengarry Glen Ross. You want to just be casual, right? Make that connection and ping them. And then from there, use that tool. I think you said it was rocketreach.co. Yes, sir. Use that as a way to get the email addresses, find their online email addresses. And then once you gather some sales intelligence, do a little bit of research, then you're going to put together your email pitch. You're going to send it via email. And the, the big thing that I noticed that was different on how you positioned it versus how a lot of people misconstrue the right way to do it, which is the fact that you didn't pitch selling them some sort of product or service or solution. What you did was you positioned yourself as a valuable resource. You didn't ask them for money but you were willing to give them honest feedback with no expectation of a return just to start a dialogue. Exactly. They don't know you from Adam. 
So to sell to them would be exactly what everybody else does. And on top of that, the biggest thing is you don't offer prepackaged solutions to companies. So like online, we'd say, I have a course or coaching, and this is the structure. Companies don't buy prepackaged solutions. They want something that's custom to them. And the only real way that you would know how you can help them is on that discovery call where you hear more about their pain points. So you're right. At the end of that, you do want to give them value with no expectation because you're thinking about the long term. Maybe they don't want to talk to you now, but maybe they do want to keep you the dialogue going and talk to you in the future. You got to think about this in the longer term play. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think that's perfect. Awesome. Anything else you want to add to that framework, those steps before we answer a couple more questions and wrap it up for today? No, you, you got it. I talk like a New Yorker sometimes, but you, you broke it down eloquently. <laughs> perfect. Awesome. Well, listen, a couple more questions before we go. And I know I think you have some, some sort of an offer at the end here. So I would urge everybody to hang tight here for just a minute because I think Kamanzi is going to offer you guys an opportunity at something before we close out. Two questions, rapid fire. What's your favorite growth tool or software? You know, some sort of an app or SaaS product or some sort of tool that you're using to help grow your business. Ooh, there's there's a number of tools. Um, I take pick one. I'm only letting you do uh, I'm one. Gonna, I'm going to say Asana. Asana, awesome. Yes, yep. love it because it helps us manage client projects and keep organized and keep from going insane. Yeah, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. And what would be one book that you would recommend? Not yours at this point, right? What would be <laughs> one book that you recommend that you think would be valuable to the audience or maybe helped you along your journey? Uh, one book that I'd recommend is a book called The Soul of Money by Lynn. I, I can't remember her last name offhand, but The Soul of Money, because we're entrepreneurs, we're business, money is a part of that equation. And your relationship with money affects how you go about sales, how affects how you build your business, the actions that you take. And that book just offers a very fresh, unique, per, unique perspective on money. Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, buddy, before we close out today, it's been great catching up. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about what you got going on, and then uh, we'll wrap it up for today. You can head to kconstable.com. That's K-C-O-N-S-T-A-B-L-E. And the offer that Dennis referred to, you could head to getbooked.net, getbooked.net. And we have a free guide there that will walk you through everything that we talked about, how to book high-end corporate consulting gigs. It'll give you step-by-step. It even has examples of companies that people can pitch, Dennis, in that example. It gives them the information, all the stats in the company, who you pitch at the company, and a template on how to actually pitch. Love it. Well, listen, I'll make sure I include all those links in the show notes. I really appreciate you being here, buddy. I'm sure we'll chat again soon, so let's wrap it up for today. Thanks so much for having me. Take care, buddy. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.